and welcome to This is Good for My Therapy. Sarah and Sylvie will be joining us shortly. Today we'll be talking about the Dandy family haunting at the Hinsdale House in New York. All right, so we're going to start with a ghost story. Ooh, a ghost story. So this is a house... So this is a house that you can actually it's still very, visit. Very, very fine house. I'm sorry. I'll, I'm in. I'm good. You did it <laughs> eight times. The charm. Actually, <laughs> it's not a very fine house. It's kind of a. It's been there since like the 1800s, so it's a fucking old house. I but love fucking old I houses. Love old houses. Me God, too. they're so gross and creepy. They have good bones. They've got such good bones. I don't know how to fix any of their bones. I just like looking at them and being like, this could be so beautiful. Okay, Nicole, go. It's so nice and old and they have character. Yes. So this particular house is located at 3830 McMahon Road, Hensdale, New York. Um, It's featured in Echoes of a Haunting by Clara Miller. Clara Mm -hmm. and her ex-husband, Phil Dandy, lived in the house in the 1970s. Dandy. They called in Father Alphonse from St. Bonaventure University to perform an exorcism on the house. Uh, The house was featured in 2006 um, on the Discovery Channel's uh, series, A Haunting. Uh In 2016, the current owner of the house, Daniel Cleese, uses the house as a research facility. So you can actually book um, a ghost tour at that house. And he has like ghost hunting equipment that he will loan you. So that you can actually like take an EVP or check out like readings. Interesting. I am so jealous I of this man's business idea. He bought a house and he'll let you stay in it and it's old as shit. And like he'll rent you the opportunity to stay there. Can we buy properties here that are haunted and just rent people the chance to stay? Anyway, we might. We, okay. Side note, hmm. uh, let's find a haunted ass house and let people stay in it. Right? Yeah. I think we'd have to stay in it first just to, like, you know, prove and show that, it was that it's haunted. haunted. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, you know, just <laughs> enter our haunted condo. <laughs> we promise it's real haunted. Okay, but we lived there and experienced it, so we knew. <laughs> we knew. So oh, did the God. police that were in our entranceway. They, yeah, they that's knew. True. They're like, what's up? Who's upstairs? <laughs> Don't <Nobody>. worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Gold, oh. gold. Okay. So <laughs> that, that was a disappointed K. <laughs> yeah, she's she's she tried so hard. Out. She's mad at us, Sarah. Okay, so 2016, the new guy, Daniel Craig, that's not his name, but he... It was like, it was, um, it was... His Cleese. name, don't tell me! It was... Cleese? Yes. Was it? <laughs> Daniel Cleese. Yeah, spelt, spelt different than Cleese, but... Um, How can you spell Cleese different than Cleese? His name is his name. Oh, because you're thinking John Cleese. No, I just listened. Hey, I got 50% of the name. Daniel. You did. You, we worked together. Yes. The group effort. She's going to make another disappointed noise soon. So Daniel Cleese <laughs> uses the property. Okay. And he lets you rent ghost hunting equipment. Yes. And you can stay there. Yes. If you felt so inclined. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he also wrote a book on the Hinsdale house called The Hinsdale House and American Haunting. Mm. Uh, the house was also featured on Paranormal Lockdown in tw- in April 2016 and October 2016 for the Halloween special. Um, Halloween. It's, be- it's believed to be the most haunted house in New York and had poltergeist activity. Um, shaking and screaming from the house. Um, now... Some of the history of the area is contested. So there are people that say that in 1779, there was an Indian massacre with over 800 people losing their lives there. And um, that it was made on an Indian burial ground. However, the person who made that claim 
also said that it was uh, the seven Iroquois nations and they were going against John Hancock and John Hancock hadn't been born at that time. And mm-hmm. uh, the Iroquois nations are six nations, not seven. So not like the most reliable. Yeah. And the gentleman mm-hmm. who made that claim also was um, a uh, paranormal investigator. And in one of the articles that I read, um, they said that the Native Americans, like the the Seneca um, and the Iroquois were um, aware of the contesting that this is an Indian barrow ground and they actually are upset because none, none of the people that build mounds were in the area at the time and they have no record of a massacre of that size. Mm. However, um, the current owner says that he has found um, Indian artifacts, like when they were excavating to put in a new septic system. So there was some activity there, but the house is also really old and it's of that age where people probably died in it um, of their own volition. Cause you know, that- the past sucked. So you I mean like just killed themselves? No, I mean like I mean like died of like natural causes, like you know, had a baby and died of childbirth. I'm um, sorry, but saying people who died died in that house of their own volition, I was like, that's the fanciest way of saying suicide ever. Like I know, I was there too. I'm like, so suicide? Well, apparently um there was a hanging there. Um but it was like a punishment hanging or like a suicide hanging. What was the? It's yeah, hard to say. Scenario around the hanging. Well, because this 1800s, right? It could be. It could have been. It could have been like he stole some apples. Yeah. Well, apparently it was a woman who was hanged. She was probably a witch. <laughs> she was definitely a witch. Yeah, she for sure. She was hysterical. She was a witch. Okay. Oh man, um, I would definitely have been killed for being a witch. <laughs> <laughs> me too let's just yeah, yeah. A yeah. my life in hysterics <laughs> i talk far too often to be mm-hmm. considered I'm too, i got too much book learning <laughs> i have too many opinions they would so me. many opinions <laughs> they're good ones though sarah <laughs> carry on nicole <laughs> okay so <laughs> The hauntings occurred between July of 1973 and October of 1974. The Danny family had... And it's actually a related question. Mm -hmm. How does something begin a reputation? First of all, who decides what the most haunted building in New York is? Secondly, how does one get the... Like, how does the house get the reputation for being the most haunted house and blah, 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 blah? If the recorded act of haunting was during a very short, specific period. Well, this is one of the most famous cases um, in this particular house. Um, okay. What ended but up happening? Yeah, there there okay. were more. Um, it's just this is this the the earliest book was written on for this particular time period. Okay. Um, we don't have records from or at least i couldn't find any from people who lived in the house before the dandies that said that was haunted but apparently locally it was known as being um haunted and and having activity the dandies i know it's a pretty awesome last name (laughs) no okay so yes it is but uh did you guys watch american horror story the the freak show year oh yes sorry so that is the only dandy that i can possibly think of and that is a creepy dandy that guy did a fucking good job so that guy did way too good of a job like i don't think i watched another episode after that season i was like that was nope i'm good (laughs) preacher was definitely one of the best ones yeah I started Hotel and then didn't finish. I didn't love Hotel. Hotel Cannibal. We should do that. Sorry. And you say that I'm ADD. Oh, my God. I don't know what just happened there. Like, slides (laughs) went through her brain. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Hotel Cannibal. This is what we should do. What is... Are you getting (laughs) shot? Because I was thinking of the hotel. (laughs) So, the season... Of the like American horror story, the hotel is based off of um 
A real hotel. Yes. Yeah. And the song Hotel California is also based off that same hotel. You're thinking of the Cecil Hotel, right? Yes, I'm thinking of the Cecil. So there's like there was there was a reason those particular slides went through my head. <laughs> Makes sense now. Thank you. Thank you. The Cecil. I'm, I'm crazy, but I do usually have a point. There's so, a method. There's, there's a, a method. method. Yeah, the point there's not usually a point. That was a blatant lie. But there's usually a method. There's a reason I say the things. The Cecil would be a good one for you to do, Nicole. Maybe someday. No! Fuck you now! Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> aggressive. So the, dandy, the dandy family um, consisted of Clara, who was 37 at the time, Phil, who was 39 at the time, Mike, who was 17, Beth, 16, Laura, 12, and Mary, 11. Okay. Right. Wow. Sorry, I can't imagine being my age and having, a, what did she, a 17-year-old? Yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. That's my wow, sorry, was just to estimate that as like a no thanks, carry on. <laughs> okay. So some things about the the site. I'm sorry, um, what were the years that this happened again? I, I interrupted you the first time you said it, and then I just realized I don't know it. I forgot July, it. I, July 1973 to October 1974. I knew those answers. Oh, I'm sorry. You should have <laughs> buzzed in if we were playing Jeopardy rules. I tried to yell, but Nicole was too good at her answer already. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So we talked about how the Seneca reports that there was no massacre of 800 people in 1737. The house was built in 1870, was owned by the McMahon family until purchased was done by Donna Emrys in 1971, who was um, a property owner. And then I believe she then sent it to, uh, sold it to the dandies. Um, there is uh tell that um, apparently was on a stagecoach route and people would use the um, the house as like a place to rob stagecoaches and would kill people and, and put the bodies in the basement. Um, however, a local did research and he said that um, that the uh, closest one that um, had was uh, the Norton House in Hinsdale or the Temperance Hotel, which burned down in 1912, and that the actual placement of the house, which is on top of a hill, wasn't um, easy for stagecoaches to get to. So there's some debate as to whether or not it was a stagecoach station or not. Um, I believe some of the stories of like murders and stuff happening in the house came through psychics. So take you know. that. Yeah. Take, take that with what you will. I maybe take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um there was tale of a boy who died with a buzzsaw accident. And I have to read you the note because it's terrible. Um, but I, but it was Warren Emerson died of buzzsaw to the face. Oh, in 1942 at 16 years of age, it was in a property that was close to the Hinsdale house, but wasn't the actual Hinsdale house. And a lot of people like to say that it happened there. Oh, but to the face? That's not a good sentence. Because, like, how did that happen? Accidental, like he tripped while he was walking with it? Well, it was on? Well, listen, sometimes people do crazy, but buzzsaw, right? Like, wouldn't you be moving like that? Uh, I didn't have anything. It was just, it was just said that it was a freak accident. Mm, Suspicious. I find that. Sorry. I need to wrestle the bag away from a cat. You'll hear some rustles. Okay. But like I said, the house is really old, so the chances of people dying in the property are really high, especially in the 1800s. Just because they had like high infant mortality rates and... People died a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And... Um, I mean, 
anyhow, any place of residence, I guarantee you someone's died in. Like, well, not new houses. If your house is more than, like, 50 years old, someone's probably dead. <laughs> I'm just going to stop this train of thought. It's not working for me. Um, but, yes, people probably died in that house. You're right, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Also, you would not be walking with a circular saw. The buzz but saw, it was a buzz it's, a cir- saw. it's the same thing. So oh, you'll Google? buzz saw, um, yeah, I did. You would definitely not be walking with that. He could have tripped into it. Yep, that's a for sure oh, thing oh, he that, could have done. The buzz saw were those ones that are on a table? Yeah, there's circular oh, saws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, I've, watched, I've watched many a move, but, you know, Final Destination. Yeah, like yeah. Six episodes of Supernatural. You gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta, you, you fell face first into it. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So the gentleman that I was telling you about who uh, did local research is called Cassidy Nichols, and he um, refutes a lot of the points brought up by the current owner, um, Mr. Kleiss, Daniel Kleiss. Um saying that some of the research is is faulty so it's one of those things where because he wrote uh, Daniel Close wrote his his book with um with help from a professor so I'm assuming that they did some form of research but there's there's some things that are refuted about the dandy house and the dandy haunting um the society for um Dr. Alfonso uh, Talbot who is the gentleman who ended up helping the dandies with their house um, said that that there's a lot of mis um, misinformation out there about the haunting, and that's it's actually affected the um, the the Dandy family quite negatively, and reflects badly on Doctor Alphonse, uh, sorry, Father Alphonse Tal- uh, Trebold. Mm. Um, so one thing to note here is that. Um, I'll be saying exorcism of a house, but I actually mean cleansing of a house. Because the way Father Trabold puts it is that a cleansing is for things, an exorcism is for people. Okay. So, and he's a and he's a is, he one of those, is he one of those ones that's like approved by the Vatican? He, well, he's a Franciscan monk. Mm. So, I don't think he's linked with the Vatican. Kind of like how the Jesuits aren't cool um but he was uh one of the more popular um professors at saint bonavista um university um let me actually pull up my information on him so he was born in rochester new york in 1925 he was fascinated by the paranormal magic occult and religion he taught theology at St. Bonaventure University. He was ordained in 1951 with, uh, with the Franciscan Order. Um, he taught religion and the paranormal, which was a very um, popular uh, class. And he was said to leave the front row um, open for any spirits that wanted to join in. Mm-hmm. He was smart and had a sense of humor. And uh, one of his... Um, quotes is uh, any power we have has to come from God and um, he apparently also consulted on the Amityville horror. Interesting. So back to the dandies. All right. The dandy family. I'm predicting they're about to have a real shit year. Yes. (laughs) A very shitty year. Um, So a couple of things to note going in is that Clara and Phil Dandy were already on the rocks when it came to their marriage. Um, there was uh, already a breakdown of communication. Um, both of them worked. Um, when Clara moved to the Hinsdale house, she ended up becoming a full-time mother. Um, and then Phil would, would um, commute to Buffalo, New York in order to work, to do work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a strain and distance there. And also with a lot of ha- uh, hauntings, um, the ghost would actively try to like put um, put barriers between family members. But they were kind of already going in that direction. 
there was mm. the space to put the blocks to separate them further. Precisely. So it started with car trouble. In the 1970s, the station wagon car would overheat and near the house. Um, they moved from Buffalo, New York to Hinsdale. And when they did on their moving day, the house was completely filled with bees. <laughs> like bees? Bees. What? Yep. And bees and flies are really well known at the Hinsdale house. Um, they've had several infestations of bees in Mary's room. Um, and they ended up having to get an exterminator. And for like a couple months there, they had things like honey dripping from their kitchen ceiling. <laughs> oh, that's my a, God. That's a weird problem to have. Well, it's because of the infestation of bees. It took quite a bit for them to get to get rid of them. And it took a couple of months before the queen bee was finally like, okay, I'm a piece out. And then they stopped having like the massive swarms in the house. Wow. So they lived in the house during the time when the bees would come back for the infestation. Because I'm imagining it's kind of like fleas where you can kind of treat it and then they come back and then you treat it. And then they, does that make sense? Yeah, Mm. that was kind of what was happening. Crazy. Okay. Honey dripping from the ceiling. I don't think I'd want to live in the bee house. No. That doesn't. Now See? I'm just picturing Nicolas Cage and the bees, and I don't think I want to live there. Only... You maybe think of Candyman. <gasps> oh, you can't say his name. You can only not say his name in front of the mirror when you're in the bathroom and it's dark, and you can still no, do that. No, you're thinking Bloody Mary. If you say if you say Candyman three times in front of any mirror, he might show up. Anyway. I thought it was five times. I thought the movie thing was five times. I don't remember. I just never say the name. I don't There's think... always mirrors around me. I'm very vain. Don't say the <laughs> name. So the Dandy family had um, a lot of pets. They had two dogs, a raccoon that they named Princess. What? Yes. What did they name their raccoon? Princess. Oh, was she a tubby raccoon? Um, she was the type of raccoon that you should not get attached to. <laughs> no. Little, little too oh, feral. I don't like this story. Did the ghost eat the raccoon? Um, oh, this is the worst. They had four four guinea pigs, two parakeets, a woodchuck that they named Nipper, and a kitten. Oh, How do you have a woodchuck? Like. How do these people collect this? Uh, is the woodchuck even really a thing? And a woodchuck they... is a real thing. How did Are they we get sure the it's woodchuck? Not like that bird that you've been trying to convince me exists for like a decade, and we both know is fake. <laughs> the greater patu is a bird that actually exists. It doesn't. It looks. It's a muppet. Um, but like, why do they have so many pets? What kind of dogs? Uh, mixed breeds, for the most part, that I can tell. What were their names? Uh, they had a female golden collie. I know one was named Peanuts. Oh, And he was a St. Bernard. They also had a skunk oh. named Dolly. Jesus! These people have some weird issues. I don't know why they're collecting animals like that. So did you know that a woodchuck is a groundhog? Are they, is it just a groundhog with a fancy name? There is no difference between a groundhog and a woodchuck. So they've just given a groundhog a fancy name. They're interchangeable. The names are interchangeable. So they were just like, hey, groundhog, that's not a good enough name. I know. You're a woodchuck now. in cages? What? Like, how did they keep a groundhog? Like, with them. I mean, Hunter goes outside and he gets lost. No, like, I don't know. I just want to know how, in the 70s, how did they get these animals that stayed with them? Maybe they were magic. So this whole, this family, the dandies, they had a menagerie of animals. So many. Including a skunk. Did it have its stink removed? Uh, Didn't say. I've got a lot of follow-up questions. So many. But we'll just play it with, you know, they had these animals. So it started off. And the raccoon um, is definitely going to die is what she's telling me. And I'm very upset. Princess. Yes. Oh. Oh. So. Oh. 
Oh. Okay, I'm prepared. Okay. So the property um has like the the main building. Mm-hmm. On the main floor, you have the kitchen, the living room, and two bedrooms that house Mike and Beth. On the second floor, you had the main bedroom where Clara and Phil were. You had Mary's room, and then you had Laura's room. And Mary's room is the B room. Yes. Hmm. Mary's room is actually quite notorious for being very active. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail here in just a second. Um, on the property, there's a pond. And initially, when they were looking at properties, they're like, oh, the pond is lovely. The kids could go swimming. Um, apparently, there was a farmhouse there that had to be demolished in order to put in the pond. Um, that comes into play later. So it started off when, when they initially moved in. The family dogs would bring in these very large bones that could not be identified. And Clara would just be like, what the hell are what the hell is with these bones she would just throw them out and later on when she discovered that um, they believe graves were in the farmhouse um, that she didn't keep the bones and have them identified to see if maybe there were like human femurs and stuff like that how old was she 37 so the dog just came up with big ass bones and she just threw them away she had no follow-up questions. I feel like the bones must then be abnormally large. Because, like, if it was the size of a human bone or similar, you would be alarmed. But, like, like cow bones or animal bones. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like if my dog just came home with random bones, I unless they were super teeny tiny, I'd be, like, I'd be concerned. I would have so many questions. Namely, where'd you get those? Some dogs really like dead things. Some dogs don't like dead things. Like, there's a dog that I know that will find a dead thing and rub his whole body in it. Like, why would you do that? I don't understand. Anyway, so I could see bringing back bones. and, and Well, no, but, like, it's not the dogs bringing back bones. It's the... Oh, look, it's a bone. I'm just going to toss this. I feel like if it's big enough that it later she questioned whether or not it was human, like, I would immediately question whether or not it was human. Like, Here's... if it's big enough to be, mis- like, to be potentially a human bone, I'd, like, that, you know, like a big human bone, I'd be like, where did you get that? I think human bones are pretty small in the animal world. <laughs> like, well, compared to a cow or something. Like, like, or, or I was bones like that was like or a deer. Right? Yeah, too. like a wild animal bone. I know. I'm aware that there's many types of bone it could be. I'm just saying my first thought is if my animal comes home with a big bone, I'm definitely questioning where they got that. Like, 100%. And if it turns out that it's like a deer carcass. Cool. But like, if it was big enough that she was like, you know, if it was, I don't know, I just feel like loose bones would alarm me. Like, unless they looked like they were chicken bones, I'd be like, where's that from? Because like, where's the dead beast on my property? Or the graveyard? Mm. I would question bones. So a theme of, (laughs) speaking of bones, actually, um, a theme of um, living in the Hinsdale house um, is that a lot of accidents tend to happen. So like car crashes, broken bones. Um, In the first week that uh, they moved there, Mary actually had to get stitches. She fell from her bike and was injured. Um, And stuff like that would keep happening like uh clara said like um they all became like just way more clumsier than they were when they were living in buffalo Mm. so there's there's a lot of accidents that are going to be pointed out um another incident that happened within the first week of moving in um the neighbor kids uh enjoyed having 
new children to come and play. So they, of course, were like hanging out and um, the boys were out in a field and they heard a gunshot and they had to like army crawl back. Um, The shots were from an unknown source. And when police were phoned because they're like somebody was shooting at the kids, um, the police officer was like, ah, maybe they just thought they were woodchucks. And Clara was like, I don't know about you, but my kids don't look like woodchucks. Did they have the woodchuck with them, though? No. No. Okay. They never found out who shot at them. Um, they also saw their first apparition uh, fairly quickly on after moving in. It was a ghostly man down on McMahon Road. Um, he came out of nowhere and he was dressed like a farmer. They ran after him. Um, and when they were about six feet behind him, he turned around and vanished. One of the neighbor kids, Pat, said that there was a black man that lived um, in the Hinsdale house. And Clara was like, oh, you mean like he's African-American? She's like, no, I just mean he's black. But hmm, weird. So they lose their first um, their first dog, Trigger, who was a collie, vanished. They thought he might have been hit by a car um, or he might have been shot, but he just went out one day and never came back. They ended up getting another female collie and they ended up um, getting Peanuts the St. Bernard. Um, one of their cats, Tish, ended up somehow in the dryer and ended up being <gasps> held that way. No! Yeah. I don't, I don't like. How old were the kids? The youngest one was 11. And the, the oldest time. was 17. So 11, yes. 16, and 17. <clears throat> was the oldest a boy? Yeah, oldest, like, oldest was Mike. I love <laughs> you because I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Because well, you and me, same brain. How come a couple <laughs> animals have already ended up dead? One accidentally in a dryer? Okay, carry on. <laughs> Did Mike have problems with bedwetting as a child? No. His parents were going through. How do you know that so definitively? <laughs> like, do you have a copy of his medical records? It's because it's because the one who had a problem was Laura. Oh, no way. She's the middle child, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was 12 at the time. We'll be talking about Laura more in a, in a minute here. Um so in the winter of 1970, it was minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. I did not convert that to Celsius. I am sorry. Well, then I have no idea what it is. Was that a balmy day? No. 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 I have, I don't, I'm looking it up right now. If any frame of reference, my, my metric loving Canadian brain does not know what that is. I promise <laughs> if I could spell Fahrenheit, it would have happened much quicker than my garbled attempt. But it, it was for Fahrenheit. So minus 20 is minus 28.8 Celsius. Okay, so like normal winter <laughs> for you yeah, guys. Yeah, but remember this is in New York. So at the time, it was the coldest on record, and the water lines froze. Oh, oh dang. cute. So they actually had to haul water from the well in order to um, cook or to bathe. And it took the entire family to haul water to make one bath. So they were uh, they had to heat the water up on the stove in order to... Um, did, they have, did they share bath water? No, they were limited to one, one bath a week, and they switched days. Mm-hmm. That's better than what I instantly thought. Okay. Continue. That's my last thought about the water bath. It was real chilly. Yep, and that winter they started seeing um, objects in the sky. There was lights at night. The whole house would let up from the source of outside and a round object in the sky. Um, and reports of UFOs in the area paper um, were, were reported um, around the same time. So in spring, they had new heating and water installed, new windows, and Phil became more withdrawn. Uh, they had more accidents. They had the, one of the children had a staph infection. Another one had broken fingers. Another one cut their thumb. Um, I believe it was Beth that had a broken had broken her arm, and it was a broken foot and leg. 
Um, I believe that was Laura. Mike had a car accident that left him in a coma. Jesus. Um, he ended up having his spleen um, operated on because of the, um, he was bleeding internally. And that was in uh, Cuba, uh, New York. Oh. And they had like four different <laughs> car accidents. It was misleading. It was. <laughs> Cuba, New York. Lame. But there was such a pause. It was in Cuba. I'm like, cool. They went to Cuba. They let their 17-year-old go to Cuba. Oh, New York. Gotcha. Yeah. People yeah. would have car trouble when visiting the property. Like one, one, per- one psychic who came to visit the house ended up having his transmission just fall out as he turned onto the road. <laughs> I don't know much about cars. I'm not a scientist. But I don't think that's supposed to happen. No. Not at all. <laughs> hmm. So, pets Ooh. would die in Mary's room. They died in a period of about two months. They lost their raccoon, two parakeets, and a canary. And the vet mm. said, don't keep them in that room anymore. <laughs> and how did they die? Um, unfortunately, I don't have any information on that. I am strongly suspecting one of their children <laughs> might be a psychopath. How many animals did they lose? Jesus Christ. Again, someone was wetting the bed. Was there any history? No. Like verbal or mental abuse? No. It's just just really sounding like the... Anyone like fire? No. Are we sure? Yes. (laughs) It really sounded like someone's checking off that triangle real strong. So money would disappear, and this would be in places where no one could have taken it from locked containers. Um, clothes would be pulled out of the closet. Um, and at one point, a record player in 1971 was broken. They, Claire started um, hearing singing coming from the mountains. So to the north of the farm, I believe it's the north, there's a campground and um, mountains. And so she wasn't the only one hearing the singing. Uh, Campers from the local area also reported it. Um, She reported it was like a Gregorian chant. It was the closest thing that she could put the the sound to. Um, And it was heard by Clara, the girls, and Pat, the neighbor girl. And it switched from a Gregorian chant to a monotone prayer. And at that point, they were like okay, this is spooky, I'm a pieced out. So they pieced out back to um, back to the Hinsdale house. Uh, the locals would say that the hills were haunted. Um, There's no church nearby. And they would have these days called umbrella days where it felt like a vacuum was there. So animals would be restless, humans on edge. Uh, think of like when you're anxious and you feel keyed up, like like you've got to do something, but you don't know what you've got to do. Mm. Um, people were more snippy and more prone to arguments at, um, at that time. And the umbrella days would increase with infrequency. Dogs barking a lot when there weren't things there, but then they started seeing um, apparitions of like a 16-year-old boy walking towards the pond seen by the kids, or you'd see things like um, a girl with strawberry blonde hair wearing a pink cap in in the rooms. And you could have two people see the same apparition, but them be in different clothes. Hmm. Phil was not home a lot, and he would come home on the weekends. Um, he'd stay with the with his in-laws up in Buffalo, New York during the week in order to um, to work. And the tension was palpable. Talking to him would end in an argument, is what Clara said, which is why she never brought stuff up. Um, there were things like screamings happening. Uh, they saw girls dancing by the pond. Beth had a doll that was really scary. She didn't like it. Um, so they ended up giving it away. And the family that they gave it away to, they said the bed started rocking. So they were like, I'm done with this creepy ass doll. I'm going to throw it out. And their activity stopped. So 
things of that nature were happening. Um, now, Laura, she had a learning disability. So she was a little bit different from the other kids. Um, she had not seen women uh, at the pond, but she said that she bet that the lady hung herself. And she started accusing every male she met of uh, molesting her, which hadn't happened. At what age was she? She was 12. 12. <laughs> when Laura was questioned, um, she talked like it wasn't her. It was like someone else had answered back. Her language was oddly formal and seemed um, amused by the events. And then she said, I'm going to die young. <sighs> she was sent... Um, she was sent away on the 8th of August, 1973, um, returned the 18th of August, 1973, because uh, school was starting again. But she ended up living in with her grandparents up in Buffalo, New York for a little bit. Um, so things were ramping up. The family reached out. Uh, they had the house blessed. It did nothing by a local priest. So they ended up reaching out to Father Trebold. Um, and he was by all accounts really there for the family. Like he was really affirming. He's like, I believe you that these things are happening. I believe you that you're seeing these apparitions, even though, uh, when he stayed the first night, nothing happened, which tends to happen when clergy seems to come to these houses. Um, but it ramped up to the point where he ended up bringing, a psychic named Alex and Alex said that there was a mass murder here. A woman was hanged. A woman was drowned and beaten. A woman was strangled to death. And the woman who was strangled to death had strawberry blonde hair and man was stabbed and beaten to death. And he said that this happened about a hundred years before. And he said that their graves had been disturbed. Um, and that's when um, Clara was like, Oh, we had to tear down that barn in order to put it in the pond. Maybe there are graves over there. And she was thinking of the bones that the dogs used to bring in. <laughs> the ones that Sylvie would have had somebody look at immediately. Yes. <laughs> Sylvie was like, dude, you bring me a bone. I'm calling somebody who I don't know. But the police, I sure. Figure it out. Someone needs to look at this bone. And be like, what the fuck is this? Okay, so she started thinking there were maybe there were graves where they had callously just put in a pond. Mm hmm. And people at the crowd, campground would say that they saw a gauzy apparition coming from the... Gauzy, huh? Yeah. Coming from where the uh, Hinsdale house was located, like, like from that cardinal direction. Gauzy as in they seemed out of focus and blurry, or gauzy in, as in they were playing dress up and being the mummy? Gauzy as in they were out of focus. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Here I know. am picturing like a, a mummified person walking with their like bandages coming on you know yeah 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 as you would that's the natural thing to think sarah <laughs> so here's a um a little account of one day in september phil came home and he felt a presence in the tree line and he's like i'm gonna go check out this presence and clara's like i don't think that's a good idea i'm gonna come with you i don't think we should be doing this as they go out into the tree line I turn around and they saw a figure in Beth's room with strawberry blonde hair with a pink cap on. Mm. Beth and her boyfriend saw a white ap apparition dart by and they were not in Beth's room. They were out on the porch at the time. Mm. They looked for intruders and they heard a scream from Mary because she saw a girl in Beth's room. When they came back into the house, all the lights were turned on and the root cellar door was opened. It was normally bolted closed. Everything was happening all at once. They were, and at this point in time, um, the local Olean paper had put out an article on how the house was haunted. So they were also getting a lot of looky-loos and intruders. So they thought maybe it was an intruder, but there was nobody in the house. And they couldn't find anybody. And they actually had Mike and his friend Randy um, do a search and they got into their car to do a search and they saw a depression in the back seat of the car hmm. and they started hearing stuff coming from the crawl space and Beth had been complaining about hearing thumps and dragging 
<sighs> for months in the crawl space because her room was right below the crawl space and the crawl space was um, on the second floor. And it connected to the chimney that the house had. And Phil, who was braver than any than everybody else, because everybody else was like, this crawl space is fucking creepy, yo. I'm not touching it. Phil was like, I'm going to look into this crawl space and see what's going on. The chimney had been disassembled, moved to the other side of the crawl space, and the bricks neatly piled up. Jeez. What? Yeah. So they called, they called Father Trebold and he came and he and Phil saw a young girl in a nightgown around the pond. Nobody had any sleep that night, of course. And Father Trebold said that the ghosts were trying to split the family up by stealing money. And um, then things continued to ramp up. They started having smells like perfume and cigarette smoke. Um there was a fogginess inside of the room, like it was out of focus. So they started keeping Polaroids because once again, they have the activity ramping up, but they also have a bunch of looky-loos and people who are like, hey, let's check out this haunted house. So they were taking Polaroids to see if they could um, see people. And they saw a man by the pond who ran to the tree line. The man disappeared. His nose was to one side. Jaw was twisted in a way that he was um, he was looking at the face in terror, narrow blue glow around it. And Father Trebold said that, because they took a picture of this apparition, that the thin blue line was of a spirit that was um, not dangerous. But he sent it back to... Um, the university for further um, analysis. So Beth attempted suicide at school. And she started having periods where she would go into a trance and her eyes would change color. Her, her eyes were brown, but they would change to blue. And she started acting manic, like talking out of character restless and moving around all over the place she had a muscle relaxant at one point because she'd hurt her back during and then went into a trance-like episode and was bouncing off the walls which sylvie you've taken a muscle relaxant they don't do that no they They do make you heavy they make you sleepy sleepy Mm -hmm. So so they took her to a doctor and even the doctor commented on her blue eyes so the family of course was like let's try and sell this house problem being was that no local would buy it because it was haunted and anybody from outside that would come to see the house was quickly told by the other locals that oh yeah this house is like hecka haunted so they were kind of stuck and they felt like sitting ducks in the house the two oldest children, Beth, she became engaged to her boyfriend, Tim, and she got married and moved out. And Mike joined the, ma- the Navy. <sighs> In September 29th, 1974, the family went bankrupt. Oh. They ended up sending the kids to Buffalo. Clara and Paul were in the house by themselves, and they kept having noises. And it got to the point where they would just ignore ignore them because that was all that you could do. And then they got to the point where they're like, we're done with this house. And they left it. And they left a lot of their stuff there, too. And they just never came back. So the outcome for the Dandy family is it wasn't like they made a whole bunch of money from this house. They didn't really benefit from it. They ended up um, going bankrupt. Clara didn't write her book until... Well, way, way, way later. Um, Let's see. When did I say that she wrote her book? I don't have it here, but it was later. Um, They, Claire and Phil ended up uh, divorcing in the 80s. Um, Phil, Clara, Laura, and Mary moved to California. 
Um, Clara eventually divorced and then she moved to Oregon. Beth is married and by all accounts that I could find seems to be leaving a happy life. She has two kids with her boyfriend, Tim, or her husband, Tim. Um, Mike passed away in 2018 from a car accident. Clara said it was like the house was calling him back because he had a blood clot. Um, which caused the accident. A blood clot mm-hmm. went where it shouldn't have gone. Laura is the saddest one of all. She always wanted to go back to the house. She always wanted to move back. Mm-hmm. And in September 1st, 1991, she had um, she overdosed on her prescription medications. Mm-hmm. She That's said she felt the house was calling to her. She had a lot of mental and physical um, problems. so a lot of families tried to make a go of the house some of them were making fun of the dandies and they didn't last a year um there would be people that would move in for like a month um the current owner doesn't live on the property himself but he does come to investigate it um and by all accounts he's the one that seems to be profiting from it the most because i mean he wrote a book he's got the tours going um i don't I couldn't find information on how COVID had affected it, but um, the booking is still up there. Well, yeah, because if you're going with your group, right, you don't necessarily, it could be pretty safe. And why not make money off of it if you can, and then keep it the way it is so that other people can potentially get uh, proof or, you know, some sort of irrefutable evidence that you could show another person that they're going to believe because how many times do we hear stories? Right? Yeah. How many times, Nicole, have you told us stories about these things? And it's still like, yeah, they're just a story, but they were real for these people. They experienced them. I go back to the Lindley Street haunting where a cat spoke. A cat spoke. (laughs) We don't know what kind of cat spoke, but a cat spoke. (laughs) And it's like. You think with the house so full of. Oh, well, they didn't. They weren't. It wasn't so full of animals for the entire time. (laughs) <laughs> no, they, they died all I, I pretty quickly in that one person's room <laughs> over the course of like one year. Whoops. <laughs> well, and by all accounts, Mary's room was the worst. Um, it was the most active. Mary absolutely refused to sleep in it. She'd sleep with Clara Aww. in the main be- in the main uh, bedroom. Um, about the only person who seemed to like the house was Laura. but they creepy at all yeah but they feel that the house also affected her so so you said that what is the evidence that they have found now since that new guy has lived there from 2016 or not lived there but owned it and like you said he wrote a book does he have any new proof or he just recapped what had already happened um, there's a, there's been a lot of like EVPs that people report. Uh, they think that Laura haunts the house cause her voice has come up in, um, in sessions and her name has come up in sessions. Like I watched, um, one instance where he was there and they were using, uh, the meters. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but they're the ones with like the little lights that, uh, measure like electricity or yeah. electro yeah you, you know what i'm talking about yeah it's an electric meter you're seeing what the energy is doing right there you're like yeah. is there any electricity here is there any energy because that's how we measure anyway carry yeah. on and the lights were going off like nobody's business they were like oh my god there's so much electricity here and he's like if it's laura stop the meter and the meter stopped like immediately <sighs> So it, yeah, and you know, people that are there that experience it will for sure tell you that that was something, something happened that changed it, right? That they mm-hmm. couldn't see, but because we're not there, it's like, ah. <laughs> you know, if there's always a little bit of hmm, with any of the proof that somebody yeah. else comes up with, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because New York was the center of the spiritualist movement, you had like the Fox sisters. So you had like a lot of people that were doing seances and stuff. And it kind of started um, in New York in that area. Cool. Um, and the air and the entire area per- apparently um, has quite a lot of activity. Um, the house itself, it seems to be like there's as much activity outside 
as there is inside. And there's a lot of apparitions that people see, which is um, different from other hauntings that I've brought up um, because they've mostly been like things moving and stuff like that. But no, people are like seeing full body images like ladies dancing near the pond that disappear and yeah and to have the there. consistency of the strawberry blonde girl right that makes that mm -hmm. gives more credence to each individual sighting when they have consistency between them yeah if and it wasn't just um the dandies reporting it it was family friends that would report it it was um, neighbors that would report it. It was campers at the campground that would report things. Yeah, so it's like many people were seeing many things. Hmm. Wait, I have a new theory. Mm -hmm. I have a new theory. Oh my God, I'm a genius. Because you said, didn't at some point you say that like they would say consistently like, oh, there's like a little girl with like strawberry blonde hair but her clothing would change Did yeah I, a lot, a lot of the apparitions the clothing would change okay what if it's not ghosts bear with me what if there is like oh i wish i could remember their name what if there is like a recluse family that lives in those in their mountains <laughs> no, and I wish I could remember their name. In Russia, um, like this guy was like one day just like the world is terrible, um, everything's horrible, and I have to protect my kids from it. And they like he like packed them all off, and they lived in the woods, and like these these environmentalists were there doing something else like they were doing some work in the woods and came across this family the like youngest like the youngest kids didn't speak a recognizable language what like it was the family and they had been living out there and i think by the point that they were just like quote unquote discovered like the father had long since died like no Oh god, I just remember what it was gonna call. But yeah, it was the family that they've lived there for like years and years and years and completely cut off and like yeah, so it's like this crazy so what if there's just a crazy recluse family living in the mountains? And that would explain the them, consistency. Yeah, and then like people hearing singing in the woods, you see people dancing by the pond, things like that. Like, it's just the same. When have they been found by now, though? Well, the only reason, like, in this, this, this Russian story, God, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Um, but in that case, the only reason they've been discovered at all was that they happened to be doing, like, a very specific, like, kind of a your, like environmental test in this these woods. <coughs> like if they had decided to do that, they probably could have lived there forever and no one would have seen them. So like if no one's looking for them and no one happens to be going into the wilderness, yeah, that's my new theory. No, I, I like explain the beat. Um, <laughs> it might be a combination. There might be more than one thing at play here. <laughs> there was also UFOs, remember, too. Right. What about the UFOs? The bees and UFOs. And ladies dancing in the in the in the pond. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. And a lot of animals died. So many. Poor, poor princess. Right. I know. I was so excited when I found out that they had a raccoon. I'm like, Sylvie's going to love this. And then I found out the raccoon died. And I'm like, Sylvie's not going to love this. 
this movie's going to be sad. That's why I'm like, do not get attached. <laughs> it was too late. You said they had a pet raccoon, and I'm like, I am so invested. <laughs> <laughs> I was so invested immediately, and then you said skunk. Ugh. Oh, skunks have such cute pieces. Apparently, they make really good pets. Oh, don't tell me that. I need a box. I need a skunk. I need a raccoon. I would like a red panda. (gasps) Oh, they are so cute. They are so cute. They're more raccoon than panda, if you ask me. I agree. (laughs) They're red. They're red. They're, They're they're ginger raccoons, is what they are. And they're just so silly because they've been protected for so long. You surprise them. They're like, oh, <laughs> they have like no defenses. You're like, you are so bad at life. <laughs> but you're so damn cute. That's how you survive. <laughs> oh, the hands go up. <laughs> oh, no. And then they fall over and like roll away. Oh, they're so cute. Sorry, that's me with some water. So I think we should go to this house. We should figure out how to rent it. It's in New York, so that sounds like fun, too. We'll go on, like, a tour. <laughs> I think that sounds great. I agree. We'll go. We'll take a drive. <laughs> and then we'll hit the house that you told us about before, Lindley Street, on the way. Yeah. Or on the way yeah. back at some point. I like it. I like it. Right. And we'll have our own experiences. Then we can have our own proof and be like, no, guys, for real. <laughs> yes. I will wander off into those woods alone. Uh, maybe not you. You're not, no. No, I don't want you to die. Like, But I want to find the, the recluse family. Uh, maybe we'll, like, employ some people when we're out there or ask, like, some avid local hikers. <laughs> to go looking for a family in the woods? To, like, come with us and just show us the area, the specific area that we're looking to look through. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's that's probably wiser than mine. I just, I know that I took three steps off of a literal hiking trail, and then we were lost for like four hours. So, you know. It's... <laughs> yeah, that tracks. The, the wilderness can be a very misleading and unforgiving mistress. And you that are much more um, um, capable than I am. That's the only reason I don't want you to go into the wilderness by yourself. <laughs> it's a really wise, valid thought, and I appreciate it. It's only because I care. That is. I all. would. I would be lost. And I would really like to go to this house because of the story. How crazy is that? It's neat. And to see it built in 1870. And why you think building your own pond is something that your kids are going to want to swim in? Oh, I like, would not swim in a pond. I bet it was. It was filthy. Right? It's dirt. It's got to be dirt. I'm not going to... So many fucking leeches. I just puked in my mouth a little. Yeah. Honestly, I totally thought of leeches, too. I was like, I wouldn't swim in a pond. Them leeches. Why would you make a pond? You had a barn. Like, what? Yeah, you had an old ass barn. Why would you replace that with a shitty leech-filled cesspool? Obviously, it was upsetting for those people that were buried under the barn, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they're like, God damn it, your dogs are eating us. And then you're just throwing our bones in the garbage. Like, come on. <laughs> we're bad. We're going to kill all your pets now. Or just possess your child until she kills all your pets. <laughs> and that it was funny good. that you guys were pigging. What? You guys were pinging on that? Dude, no animal accidentally ends up in the dryer. I can I tell you for sure, Hunter, I've left the washing machine open a thousand times. Not one time is he ever like, ooh, what's in here? I mean, one time he did try to get next to it, and then there was a scary moment when the door was, like, sliding with him and he couldn't fit through. (laughs) And he looked at me like he was going to die, and he's like, fucking help me. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I promise, he's not accidentally going in the dryer. <laughs> just... No. No. Uh, yeah. Just because of bones everywhere and animals dying. I just, you know, 
I think we should go. <laughs> Okay, great, um, cool. So that's so done. You, so thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we like that when you do it. So keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> we have a new Instagram channel. <laughs> channel. No, channel? take it out. Delete channel. it. No, it's not a channel. It's a page. Page. Keep it in. Keep mm. it natural. Keep it natural. It's an Instagram account thing instagram instagram thing account i don't know yeah with like stuff so far three posts but we're working on it (laughs) you could look at it and be like cool or not cool 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 cool. we're funny we're funny people link is in the uh link is in the description for the instagram link is in the description look at that so well planned uh but yeah thank you for listening we like it if you have any suggestions or things you want to hear about we like learning about things that we don't know about so tell us and one of us will uh learn about it and then tell the other people about it and everyone will be entertained and that sounds like fun so tell us or don't um (laughs) yeah i'm not as rage filled this week i didn't lose a competition so (laughs) you didn't lose you tied. A tie is the same as a loss. I, well, also, Nicole knew the score. I can't she believe did that. Not. Nicole is kind of like she rain man that whole thing. She blackjacked it. She counted the <laughs> cards. She knew. She was like 13. Yeah, we're tied. <laughs> I will get on board with saying Nicole rain manned it. I will not <laughs> get on board with saying that Nicole somehow was the architect of our tie and she purposely lost to avoid a meltdown. That's I don't think it's a loss. And it, did she avoid a meltdown? No. She <laughs> would have avoided a meltdown if someone didn't try to claim that she purposely threw the competition. I, I don't think I ever tried to claim that. I just pointed out that she happened to know the score right away <laughs> as I, soon as yeah, I... Because you wanted me to do my aggressive rant at the end. And so you're like, let's make something mad again. I promise that was not the plan. I just wanted to, to thank people for listening. Thank you for listening. We really like you. That's great. Nicole's awesome. Sarah's okay. I'm trash. We get it. Did that work, Sarah? Was that natural? Sounded pretty good.